Hello, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Carly. And you're listening to Artwise. I don't show it on the video, but like I always be dancing to our theme song before like when we're recording. And it's funny because like sometimes guests will be like, hell yeah, and they'll start dancing too. And sometimes they look at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) So it's funky. I'm not a dancer, but it is funky. I'm not a dancer either, but I mean, (laughs) sometimes you just want to like feel the music. Speaking of music. Carly is here today to talk to us about synesthesia art. So um, why don't you go ahead and describe what synesthesia is for the people who don't know really quick. And then I have a question for you about our music after that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, synesthesia uh, is kind of like an umbrella term. That's uh, The specific type of synesthesia that I experience is auditory to color synesthesia so basically that just means like when i listen to music and like hear sounds i can see it like how it moves i can see color and things like that some people they don't experience that some people they can like assign colors to numbers or things or like days of the week or you know just like things like that So it's kind of different depending on the type of synesthesia that you have. The name of the specific type of synesthesia that I have is kind of escaping me right now. But that's basically like what I experience having synesthesia myself. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So now that we know that, what what does our ArtWise theme song sound like? It's my favorite music ever. It's so good. (laughs) It's funky. So the first thing that kind of popped up into my head was just like a bunch of spheres and the colors move in like a very liquidy kind of way. And it kind of just like overlaps within within itself. And I think like the dominating colors that I was seeing was like blues, reds, purples. And then like every time the beat would hit, it's like almost like a neon yellow glowing type of motion if that makes sense it's really hard for me to like describe what i'm seeing but that's like the general consensus gotcha gotcha okay and so now i have another follow-up question i just thought of i just think it'd be really fun so i'm gonna sing the theme song i know there's no words i'm gonna sing it and then i want you to tell me if it looks different from the actual music okay okay Okay, ready all right do 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 that was so good by the way that was just so much talent so much talent in one person was a singer in a past life or something artist by day singer by night take merry men yeah it is what it is i don't even really try that hard (laughs) it's funny because like when you so like when you sing it it has like the same motion to me and I'm still seeing the spheres but because it's your voice and not like the instrumentals your voice kind of gives it different colors so like your voice is very like purple and green so like it's the same motion because of the beat 
but your voice adds in like a different color because it sounds differently from the instrumentals in the song. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's perfect. I love uh, purple and green. I just, by the time this episode comes out, which uh, Carly, I don't know if I talked to you about what day this is going to come out, but this is going to come out in June. So it's currently February (laughs) as we're recording this. So my new branding for my personal brand, Kate Merriman Art, is going to be out by then for sure. Um, But it's not currently out now, but Carly's seen it already because she's my helper helper my mentor mentor is a better word my does that, one of that's my, not why i that's not why i think your voice is purple and green by the way that's genuinely just what i saw my hair is purple but even when my hair wasn't purple i had like even like random people like uh walk up to me in the streets like there was this woman who could see auras and she was like oh you're so purple and i was like okay and that, that was like when i was a kid so um, it's yeah it is what it is Makes sense to me that you're purple then. Purple yeah. and green. Yeah. I'm gonna add that to my brand guidelines too. My mm. voice is purple and green. <laughs> <laughs> and so are the colors now. I changed it. You're welcome. <laughs> it's it's strategy, but it works too because like it just does. So anyway, it that was work. a good intro. A great intro for this podcast <laughs> podcast. So Anyway, Carly and I, uh, as you might have guessed from what I've said, uh, we, we're pretty, I, I say we're pretty good friends. So we know each other. That's like a rarity on this podcast. Usually when I am talking to people on ArtWise, it is the first time I am ever talking to them, which I know is a shocker because I make people feel very comfortable uh, because I'm just, I make a fool. I'm not afraid to make a fool of myself. I don't care. So people feel very comfortable very fast, but we know each other, so the vibe's a little bit different <laughs> from normal. But even still, that doesn't mean that she gets away with not answering my very strategic interview, hard-hitting journalist interview questions. So <laughs> my, first, my first question for, for Carly what is your art origin story? Everybody has to answer this one. The first question, the last question, everyone has to answer it. So what, what is your art origin story? What sparked your interest in working in the art industry? What got you to that point where you decided so, that's what you want to do? So that's an interesting question because I've basically been an artist ever since I can remember. Basically, like ever since I was a super tiny little human. I've just been always super highly imaginative and creative and always had the desire to create. And I was just always like crafting and making and building. And then eventually, you know, my toys that were, you know, like my favorite toys when I was a kid, they were building blocks because I love to just like create, you know, building blocks were the best because you could just build stuff. Right. And eventually that just kind of, evolved from building blocks to paint (laughs) I guess I remember one of my first artists that I've ever seen that was my favorite was uh Thomas Kincaid which is really funny because later I found out he's like actually not that great of a person but I really loved his art and I think that was like one of my first introductions to impressionism and 
I like to refer to myself as an impressionist because when I paint, I'm very like loose and not so much about like painting the subject completely like correctly, just more about capturing like the mood and the feeling. So basically, I've just been obsessed with impressionism and painting ever since I was really young. And eventually, I went to art school and I became a designer. And that's my day job now. And I kind of just like paint for myself. Yeah, I, I, I do this thing sometimes where like, I'll try to guess how people got started. And like, the way that you started painting, like I never like from what your kind of art style is now, I never would have guessed that that's how you got started. <laughs> Which I'm usually pretty, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at that. But also like, now that I'm an adult, like, it's a lot harder because a lot of the people that I'm trying to guess have been doing art for like, you know, decades. Uh, and like the longer it's been, like, I feel like the more difficult it is to like, see those things. So that's really yeah. interesting. Well, as Can we you grow and like, you know, as we make things, you know, we kind of evolve, you know, I, I find with a lot of artists, they start out doing one thing. And then, you know, years down the road, they end up doing something completely different. You know? Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. I feel like that happened to me. I never wanted to do graphic design like ever. And, you know, here we are. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know graphic design was like a practice until I was like in high school, you know, which is crazy because like it's everywhere. But I just I guess I just didn't put much thought into it. Like I didn't put two and two together. Like, oh, if it exists, somebody had to design it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, like I knew because my, my that's what my dad does. So I kind yeah. of knew, but yeah. I knew also like I really I just posted a TikTok about this the other day, but then I deleted it because I was like, this is kind of mean and stupid. But like I made a, a TikTok and it was like that sound that was like it was like the sound that everybody uses and it's like them talking to their younger self. And it was like me at 23 and like 11 year old me and 11 year old me is like, are you drawing? And I was like, yeah. And normally people are like, oh my God, we get to be an artist, like like their child self. And my child self was like, we promised we wouldn't end up like our father and this is the profession you landed on. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and like, <laughs> it, it just did not receive, it did not receive the praise I thought it was going to. I thought it'd be a fun little twist on, on that. Cause I just like, really picture my past self being like super hypercritical of me because that's how I am like myself all the time but like I genuinely when I was like a kid like that I yeah it's just like a whole thing so and somehow like as much as I tried to not do that I still like ended up yeah. doing that when I was it's a weird. kid I um my neither of my parents were artists or really like artistic in any capacity but my mother's sister my aunt and her brother who's my uncle they both actually are artists and my uncle actually used to be a creative director and my aunt actually did go to school like for art and design as well and also was like in the art industry and I didn't really like plan that on purpose and they didn't really influence me to go to design school. But I just think it's like kind of funny that I ended up like working in the same industry anyway, you know? Yeah, no, so. I totally, 
I yeah, it's weird how things happen. It is. It's very it, weird. They they do that. So I do I do have another question that I want to ask you. I didn't like write the so I I always you as you guys know who, who are listening to this I always write interview questions for people, but you know sometimes. I ask them out of order and sometimes I just decide to add new ones because I think of them in the moment. Um, and this is one of those. So the question that you have is, is can you tell us more about synesthesia and like how it influences your art? But I kind of would rather know first before you answer that question, like how did you figure out that you had like suffered from, is it like a, I don't know, synesthesia? How do you know you have that? I guess it's not like a bad thing. It's pretty cool. Like I don't have it. So I don't really know like if it like, you know, affects your daily life, like in a negative way, but like, how did you realize that's something that you like had? (laughs) So I, um, it's funny because when I was a kid, I would like, I loved, I always loved listening to music. It was just something that I was doing constantly. And, you know, like growing up in the early 2000s, I had like my little DVD, not my DVD, my CD player with my little like set of headphones and just like have my CD in the car and it'd be like skipping all the time. <laughs> the, the car would, <laughs> the CD would just jump. Anyway, um, so I would just like be listening to music as a kid and I would just like become completely what's the word that I'm looking for, just completely immersed in the songs that I was listening to, but like on an extremely emotional as well as visual level, like it's not just visuals, but it's also like intense feelings. It could be like full body sensations or just like really intense emotions. And I kind of just like thought it was a normal thing. Like, I never actually vocalized that this was something that I was experiencing um, until, like, a couple of years ago. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this this song just feels so, like, it's just, like, a random song. It just feels so, like, blue to me, you know? Like, it feels like it moves in and out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would just kind of describe the song. And people would be like, What? Like, what do you, what do you mean? You like, you can see it, but like, well, you know, like I just, it just, it moves that way and it has these colors. Like I can see it. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, what, you don't, you don't experience that? No, just like, okay. So I, I kind of just like sat with that for a little while. I didn't really think much of it. It's just like, oh, maybe it's just like another one of those like quirks (laughs) that I have. But I actually came across like an article about this artist. I can't remember the name of the artist off the top of my head right now. I'm really terrible with names, but they were like painting music. And I was just like, oh, so they can see it too. So like, I'm not the only one. And they called it synesthesia. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I kind of just like, you know, did like a little like Google search and I was like, oh, like there's actually a name for the thing that I experienced. I had no idea. Like nobody talks about this. And I I feel like it's only in recent years that people are actually talking about synesthesia now. You know, like it, it it wasn't really common knowledge before, but now I feel like everybody knows what synesthesia is. Well, not everybody, but like a lot more people. 
so yeah, just like forever, I was experiencing this and had no idea that it wasn't really like a common universal experience. Kind of like when people, when they don't realize that they need glasses and they just kind of like see everything really blurry and they think it's normal. Like that's basically oh, yeah. what, yeah, like that's basically what I was experiencing. <laughs> I I remember the moment that I realized I needed glasses my whole like childhood, like like the doctor, I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, she like maybe can't see because they had like those little things with the symbols on it. And I was just getting all of them wrong so confidently, like stand <laughs> like standing back like and my mom w- was just like, it's fine. And then my f- my <clears throat> elementary school friend, one of my elementary school friends got glasses and I was like, oh, can I try them on? And she was like, sure. And like, we had the same, like, we had a similar prescription. So like, everything was really clear. And I was like, <laughs> we we're in the cafeteria. And I remember so vividly, like, seeing how clear everything is. And I was like, is this how it's supposed to look? And she was like, me, you might need glasses. And so I went home and I told my mom, I was like, I think I need glasses. And she was like, and then like, she took me to the eye doctor because uh you know she was like well I guess it it won't be bad to like check and the eye doctor was like she's blind she can't see anything (laughs) like because I have a really poor eyesight and my mom was like no like I think she just because she told the eye doctor she's like her friend just got glasses I think she just also wants to get glasses because her friend and the eye doctor was like no she's straight up blind like she has like a strong (laughs) prescription like she hasn't been able to see for like a long time and yeah and like you know I'm still blind. <laughs> I still can't see anything without my glasses. But yeah, no, like that's a perfect. Okay, that's like a really good a- analogy too. I also yeah. do want to touch on like the. I have never on this podcast or in life heard anybody talk about the portable CD players. I had one of those too, and it literally, as soon as you said that, it drug this memory up out of like the crevice of my brain that like I have not thought about in the longest time. Of like when I was in kindergarten and I rode the school bus, and like they made us like they buddied us with like the fifth graders so that they could like watch the little kids. I don't know, it was dumb. So I sat next to a fifth grader on the bus, and she was like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" Because I had my little portable CD player, and I was yep. like. I really didn't want to say because I thought that she was going to like make fun of me. And I was like, oh, I'm listening to All Star by Smash Mouth. And she was like, oh, can I listen? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, this is the Kids Bop version. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, everybody, Kate's listening to All Star by Smash Mouth. And everybody was like, hell yeah, I love that song. And like little me, I was just like, wow, I'm so popular. They were making fun of me. I just didn't realize it. I wouldn't have known either. I feel like that's happened to me before as a kid. I like just had no idea that they were making fun of me. I totally understand. But that like, still come on. happens to me. I feel like that I, still I happens to me. I listened to Kids Bob too as a kid. Okay, don't feel bad. I feel like every kid went through their Kids Bob phase. Okay, and let me tell you, when I was a kid, those Kids Bob songs had some crazy visuals. Okay. <laughs> They're pretty good. I I liked Kids Pop. Yeah, Kids Pop is like it's is pretty it's pretty all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I still listen to it sometimes. Have you heard the the Taylor Swift anti hero 
kids bop version it's like kind of nuts (laughs) we don't have to get into all that it's like kind of crazy they like changed it from my own time (laughs) they changed the words from like it was they think uh what it, it was that song where she talks about how like she dies and then everybody thinks that like they it's very knives out it's like everybody thinks that they got left in the will but then they scream out she's laughing up at us from hell but they changed the kids bot version to she's laughing up at us as well and it's just so good like it's just gold it's so good because i don't know some stuff i feel like ah maybe they should have just left that i don't know because <laughs> now it has- it out on my own time i don't even it- think i heard like the actual song so i'll have to listen to like the actual song and then check out like the other version it's really good i'm glad that we got to talk about real music on this podcast because i've been trying to get a musician on art wise forever and like i don't know why and i'm not trying to dog on musicians guys but every time one of you applies to be on the podcast and i send you an email you get all excited and then i never hear from you again um it's happened like five (laughs) or six times and it's with it's exclusively like musicians and i'm not sure why so if you're a musician and you want to be on the podcast i would love to talk about kids bop with with like more musicians like dang you know because art and music is art too like art that's the whole thing of art wise it's all it's all it's an umbrella term so i make art from music so yeah yeah speaking of i think it would be cool to like i think it would be cool to do like a in the future maybe do like a collab podcast episode of like synesthesia with like a muse like a musician and just like talk about their music and like how it looks if I can catch one, yeah, we'll we'll do that for sure. Um, actually, I we have had one musician on the podcast, Jen Carmiel. She she's awesome. She's been on the podcast twice. She's she's the only person I think to have been on the podcast twice that wasn't Diane, my old co-host. But speak speaking about like your your work, can you like walk me through? your process when you're making a piece of synesthesia art like how do you prepare what do you do to start to finish when you're making that type of artwork so the first thing that i probably do is well first of all i I pick a song or or i just like i hear it right sometimes i intentionally listen to a song to see what it looks like and sometimes i just I'm listening to a song and it happens to look really cool, right? But typically if I'm like trying to actively go out of my way to make art, I usually listen to the song like a lot because when I'm listening to a song, the visuals, they kind of just like happen so fast. It's hard to like articulate it. So I have to listen to it like over and over and over again and just like really pay attention to the types of visuals that I'm getting based on what I'm hearing because the visuals change throughout the song. Um, And I kind of just wish I could take like a mental photo sometimes because it's really hard to take like what's in my head and put it into like a tangible thing. But basically, I'm just, like, really paying attention to, like, the colors that I'm seeing, if there's, like, certain shapes that I'm seeing. I'm paying attention to, like, how the shapes are interacting with each other. 
and like basically just all of like the motion that's going on now obviously the motions change because as the beat changes and the instruments layer on top of each other like it's it gets really crazy because <laughs> every sound has like a different look but basically i kind of just like sit with it for a while and i really like a lot of time listening to the song sometimes i listen to a song for hours my first synesthesia piece that i ever made um was actually just like more of a traditional art piece that i made out of just regular mediums like i think i used like some modeling paste and then i went over top it with on top of it with like acrylic paint and it took forever to make just because like stuff made by hand is a lot slower which was actually kind of good because it gave me a lot of opportunity to just listen to the song over and over and over again and it kind of like really helped calcify that visual or idea that i had of how i wanted to execute the song in my mind but nowadays when i make it i'm kind of less on the traditional medium side of it and i kind of just like do it as i'm listening to it now i think after so many times of listening to songs and really paying attention to the visuals i i feel like it's a lot faster now and i i feel like the visual is a little bit more authentic and less compromised when i'm spending less time thinking about it because when i'm listening to it i kind of have to like separate ego like i kind of have to like take myself and like put myself aside when i'm listening to the song and trying to make art out of it because my my little like inner critic is kind of just like no that's not supposed to look that way or that doesn't look good or you know this this shape looks weird you know and the but at the end of the day, like, it's going to look weird because it's it's abstract art. Like, it's not going to look the way that you would want it to look because it's just something that I'm experiencing. It's like painting a feeling, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. But I've pretty much just solely, like, started making the art on my iPad because, A, it's faster. I can get the colors really fast. I don't have to worry about mixing paint. You know, I have a bunch of different brushes at my disposal, so I can just get, like, the textures in that I need to get in. And plus, I can play with, like, the symmetry tools and things like that. And sometimes songs do have a lot of symmetry, too. So it's just easier on the iPad because it just happens a lot faster and it's easier and quicker, basically. So that kind of makes me think of another question. So have you met anyone else with synesthesia, like, the same type as you? Not in person, but I have found like a couple of Facebook groups of like other people mm -hmm. with synesthesia. And some of these people, they don't just have like the color auditory synesthesia. They also have like the, they can assign colors to like days of the week or words or letters and things like that. Or like they listen to a bird chirp and they can tell me what that looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can kind of see like bird chirps, but they're more like noise oriented than like music oriented. I find that like when I like the sound, it's easier for me to see it. And if I don't like it, because I'm like already trying to not listen to it because I don't like it kind of makes it harder to see it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I haven't met anybody like in real life, but I have seen like people on TikTok a uh, couple people in like Facebook groups. Um, there have been people that like comment 
on some of like my videos on Instagram or TikTok and they're like, hey, I have synesthesia too, but I see this song like differently. So yeah, they, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, that was like my question is like, if you could listen to a song and make something and then have somebody else who also has synesthesia listen to the same song and make something and just see how different it is. Because like, I do wonder too, like, and this is kind of separate <laughs> topic, but like, I, I kind of almost feel like all of our senses are like exclusive to us. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. I feel like I won't know until I like die. And then maybe I can ask and I'll know. <laughs> but like, like, I am curious, like, right, like, does the color green look green to like, is it look the same to everybody else? And then yeah. like that also leads the question, okay, like people with synesthesia who like see like these things all the time and like use it, you know, in art and other things, like, do they always see, the, do they see the same things? And if they don't see the same things, are they s similar? Are the colors the only thing that's different? Like, yeah. I'm just, I would be curious. I've been told by other people with synesthesia that some of the songs that I paint, they see the song completely differently. And that doesn't really like bother me or worry me in any way because I, I kind of have like the same idea on perception as you do where I kind of just feel like everybody perceives things differently than each other. Yeah, I was like looking or I forget where I saw this from, but like I heard somebody probably on TikTok. That's where I live. But like <laughs> I, I heard too. somebody say like if like if something isn't like in your in your scope of vision like it just doesn't exist and I didn't like that because like it's true because <laughs> it really doesn't exist to, like if you can't like like I mean like it's not that it doesn't exist at all it's just like if there is not it's almost like the same concept of like if a tree falls in the middle of the forest and no one is around to hear it does it really make a sound yeah. not really because sound is like our perception of things and i hate that because like you would think yeah but like you had to be there and no one was there so do we know if it made a sound we don't like we would think but i don't know it's weird here on this physical planet we live on <laughs> i don't like to think about things <laughs> but that that also makes me think too like because see as I'm sitting here getting stuck in this loop of thought <laughs> like spiraling are there are any okay? <laughs> I'm fine I'm fine I just have to think about like cake or something cake tastes so good see I'm already better okay <laughs> I was wondering though if if you could share maybe like any challenge or obstacles that you faced in sharing your synesthesia artwork with an audience I know you post a lot of videos on like the the ticker talkers and the grammy reels grammy instagrammy <laughs> ig reels are um can you share maybe like any challenges or obstacles that you faced in in sharing that with with people and how you've like overcome or not overcome those obstacles so the first thing that uh comes to my mind when i think about like obstacles when it comes to sharing it with other people i think my biggest obstacle honestly is like algorithms and so just like social media in general because I want my videos to be longer than 15 to 20 seconds it's just it's hard to get 
a lot of my process of just like making the art in general in condensed into a 15 to 20 second video plus like the parts of the songs that i really want to emphasize with what i'm painting they don't fit into like 15 to 20 seconds you know like i'm painting entire songs or like a long part of the song like maybe the first half of the song is the part that i really want to like visualize so it's just kind of like difficult to really like make make the art come across as the song if i'm only playing like 15 seconds of the song in the video and then like parts of the video are cut up because you also have to like add in a human element i have to show myself there's like a little bit of an intro and the intro takes up like three seconds already so it's just like it's kind of just like a battle with time basically but also i'm having a hard time like getting people to just like engage with my videos i'm kind of wondering if like people aren't quite like getting it like i have a friend on tiktok who really wants to like participate like she supports me and it's awesome but i i don't think she quite like gets that like i'm painting it because i can see it i think she just kind of thinks that like i'm painting it because i think it would be fun you know like i i'm not sure people i'm not sure it's like coming across as synesthesia artwork Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just been like trying to figure out new ways to like share these videos and record and, you know, make it effective enough as a way that it like communicates that it's synesthesia art. And this isn't just like something, I mean, it is something that I'm doing for fun, but it's not just like my interpret, I mean, it is an interpretation, but it's not just like my weird, obscure interpretation that I'm just kind of like coming up with, like, this is what I'm seeing you know mm-hmm. yeah so i think it's just i i would classify it as abstract but at the same time like i'm just literally painting what i'm seeing it's almost like observational art but it's coming from my brain i don't know how to explain it it's hard to explain but basically it's just hard to get people to like engage because i'm just not 100 percent sure that they really like understand what they're looking at if that makes sense yeah I I follow I don't know his name off the top of my head and I actually I'm not even sure if I followed him but I saw him somehow on my feed on on Instagram or something and his art he also does synesthesia art and it was very similar to how yours looked is it like really and, trippy mm-hmm. kind of like my brain kind of already looks that way anyway because I like the vibe yeah of trippy psychedelic art and i think i kind of just lean toward that style which might compromise how the songs look a little bit like i said like it's kind of hard to like i'm trying i'm always trying to separate myself from it just for the sake of making sure that it looks the way it's supposed to but yeah i get what you mean yeah his it it looked very similar and i think he did have like synesthesia art in the uh like in his bio Mm mm-hmm and I forget, like, how I saw it. I don't even remember if I followed him. I might not be able to even find him again. But uh, I feel like your work that I've seen from you anyway, is it's a lot softer than the stuff that he was making. It was interesting to, like, kind of see, like, the subtle differences. Like, like the stuff that he was putting out, it was, like, similar in vibe and flow, but it was very sharp and, like, defined shapes. Yeah. So it was it was interesting. 
Yeah. But I look at artists like that, right? I don't have synesthesia, but I had this assignment where we had to basically, like you were saying, I had to interpret like what a song looked like to me. And I picked, I think I picked I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys, or maybe it was Backstreet's Back. I forget. It was one of the two. It was definitely a Backstreet song. It was definitely a Backstreet Boys song. Thank you. And I, I just did like my little interpretation of it. And oh my gosh, like my digital art professor that I had, oh, she was like so cool. She loved everything I made and like it didn't even matter like what I made. She just like loved it. And she was like, oh, asking me like if I had synesthesia. And I was like, no, I just like felt like this probably like what it looks like. And she was like, because that's like what I see. I have synesthesia. And I was like, oh, I don't have synesthesia. This is just like what I like made. Like, I don't know. I don't see like I definitely don't have it because like when I'm just listening to music, it's almost like, I don't know, almost like a can like turn it on and off but only for assignments that like I have no choice but to do but it was really it was think about it it's because you were forced to think about it exactly yeah Yeah. but it was it was interesting because I I feel like there is definitely a distinct difference between like as a person who doesn't have it and then looking at artists who do like I feel like there's a distinct difference so I'm wondering right like if there's a way you can touch on that. I don't know. I can, I, I don't know. That's interesting. An interesting thought. It's hard for me to say. Cause I, as a person, like I just have an idea. experiences it, it's like, I can't even like imagine listening to music any other way. You know what I mean? You know what we could do? I don't have synesthesia and you do. And then we could make art based on the same song and we could make like a collaborative series. I mean, yeah, I'd be down for something it, like that. That way you could help your viewers understand, like, I actually see this and, like, this is what this might look like if I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I think that might, might be helpful to just, like, get, like, the message across better is just, like, recruit an artist who doesn't. And then. Yeah. Or maybe and even you could, could do multiple we artists. Could, like, yeah. And then we could, like, recruit other people with synesthesia. and kind of like compare it it'd be really cool if I like made videos and then like other people with synesthesia would stitch it or like even people that don't have synesthesia if they would just like do the same thing and then stitch it I feel like people need to stitch my videos oh my gosh that'd be really cool yeah I I think so too and another thing that you said that I do want to touch on is you said like you struggle with like the time constraint make it a minute I make all my yeah. videos a minute because a minute yeah. is like the best time. As long as it's 60 seconds, you can put it on YouTube shorts and reels and TikTok. So. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe I'll allow myself the 60 seconds. Maybe I yeah. will start doing that. The TikTok algorithm I've noticed too on my shorter videos don't do as well either. If it's at least a minute or like 45 seconds, they do a little bit better. Um, but I think my best... Yeah, both both of my videos. So I had two videos do pretty well in like in in total, <laughs> like only two. And both of them were 60 second videos. So I can't relate. Oh. My video of my painting that went viral was literally five seconds long and it has like almost 700k views. 
But isn't isn't that like a trend to do like the turning thing? Because I've seen other people do like the because that was just like a flipping oh, the yeah. painting Every, around like a reveal. Everybody who everybody who paints like takes their paintings and just like flips them around. It's like a way to reveal like what you were working on. Yeah. So trends yeah. and then mine. Okay, like mine was one of just me complaining. That was the first one that went viral, and then the second one was um, me complaining in a different format. <laughs> as in like a reenactment like a sketch so this the my my sketches tend to do pretty well and i don't know why because like i'm no actor <laughs> they're pretty good though i i do like your uh, your print shop stories they're thank you everybody tells me that good. too i i uh i had lunch or dinner with my my cousin the other day and i got in the car and i was talking to her about my rebrand that I'm currently working on and stuff. And I was telling her, oh yeah, I had a video do really well recently. And she was like, oh, it was, I hope it was one of the print shop stories. I love those. And I was like, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's going to know you by your print shop stories. I know. And I'm getting frustrated because I'm running out. (laughs) I only worked there for like 10 months. I only have so many stories. I already like I'm on part like eight or nine of them. Honestly, like I do think of more every day. Like I wake up and I have like memories or like I will dream like redream something that happened. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that happened. Um, Because that whole that whole year that I worked there was like a fever dream. But all those videos, I I, I try to make them 60 seconds and some of them are longer. Some of them are like three minutes, but I never go past three minutes. But yeah, that's the whole thing. But thank you for talking to me about synesthesia art. I do have a couple other questions about struggles with perfectionism because that was one of the other topics that we wanted to talk about. So I did want to like touch on that before we start to wrap up the episode. We got about like 15 minutes left. So um, we have some time to talk about it. So um, I struggle with this as well, but probably in a very different way from maybe everyone. I don't know. <laughs> but we talked about struggles with perfectionism like in art and I was just wondering if you could talk more about how that's affected your art and your creative process. I know you mentioned a little bit earlier like kind of letting your ego get in the way, but like what what does that look like to you? It it's hard to explain. I almost kind of wonder like if I didn't go to art school or like if I wasn't a designer as my day job, like slash art director, because my design brain, when I'm making art, kind of like gets in the way, sort of. Because like, when you think about it, with design, everything has to be like, very clean, very strategic, everything has to have a reason as to why it's there. And everything just has to like, have a perfect balance you know, when you're designing things. And I feel like I'm really fighting myself when I'm making my synesthesia art because the whole reason why I can make it in the first place is because of like that flow. And the flow is basically just like my bread and butter of the synesthesia art of just letting go and letting things appear and happen as they happen. And I kind of have to like, sit there and really keep like my inner critic in check 
because I will question myself a lot. Like, even though it's what I'm seeing, I'm, I'm questioning like, oh, but like, is that going to look good? You know, I'm worried about if what I'm putting down, even though it's what is in my brain and I'm trying to make it as I'm trying to articulate the art as correctly and as closely to what's in my brain as possible, even like even what's in my brain, I can't even really classify it as good or bad because it's just what is in my brain. So like, I just have to really sit there and keep myself in check as I'm making it so that I'm not like, oh, well, like that shape looks weird. Or like these colors are getting kind of muddy or like this, this like thing is just getting too repetitive or these colors are too bright. Like just Things like that, because my design brain always wants to take over all the time, because I just want everything to be perfect, and I just want everything to look good all the time, but in reality, I'm making abstract art, and when things are abstract, it's it's pretty much like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Yeah. It's hard to explain, but I'm basically just like constantly fighting myself because I am so worried about everything looking good. But like at the end of the day, it's not really like, I'm not trying to make something look good. I'm just trying to show my inner expression. Like I'm just trying to express my personal experience, you know? Mm, Yeah. Do you think that you found any like techniques or strategies to kind of combat that when it's happening that work really well for you or? I find that it's a lot easier for me to kind of like keep that inner critic quiet when I'm like in a good mood and, you know, I'm just like really calm, really centered and really grounded. I absolutely cannot do any synesthesia art really any art in general but especially synesthesia art when I'm stressed when I'm in survival mode when I'm feeling tense or when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have like a million other thoughts like going through my head because it just makes it hard for me to like really focus on the music so yeah I basically just have to make sure that I'm really calm and grounded and centered and relaxed because I feel like when you're relaxed that flow happens so much easier yeah I agree I I feel like sometimes too um and this is an issue and and we can talk about this a little bit too kind of the balance of working in the art industry while also trying to practice art that you genuinely like love and enjoy because they're two completely Mm -hmm. separate things I I posted a a video um, talking about this a little bit, asking, you know, creatives who also work in either corporate or just like have a day job in, you know, the art field or the creative field to like, let me know, like, do they like it? Do they not like it? Do they enjoy it? All this stuff. And um, a guy stitched uh, my video and he was saying, you know, I'm not an artist myself, but I manage creatives and they're just like the biggest like whiner babies. Like they just are horrible. (laughs) and they constantly like they are so obsessed with like uh and I think he was talking about designers specifically he was saying they're they're so obsessed with like how things like properly should look and like 
you know, the rules of design and stuff. And they get carried away with these creative ideas. But at the end of the day, like we need to do what sells because we're a business. And I think that's important to like remember too when you're a creative who has a day job and also has like passion projects that they would like to make their day job is the fact that like a lot like most of the time as a an artist or a creative when you work like a day job like that that's what whether it be like a like a corporate job or if you're working for like an agency a lot of the times it's like it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like the same and it's hard because when I like at my old job, for example, like when I was stressed or anxious, you're absolutely right. It's so hard to make stuff when you're stressed. But the cause of the stress was like being at my my job. And I know a lot of artists too who have like really amazing jobs that they landed. And I'm like, y'all are so lucky because my <laughs> my corporate job, I did not have that experience. But it's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy to think about. I'm actually I'm I'm like one of those people who do work in like a proper like I don't I wouldn't really even call it formal because like the place I work at is pretty casual but like we I work at like an ad agency which is I I guess technically is like a corporate setting and like the work that I do there actually isn't really that bad like I I actually do like working on the stuff that I work on because it's like interesting and it's different a lot of the time and I I don't think I rarely work on anything that's like super boring there've only been like a couple like things that I've a couple accounts that I've had to work on that were like kind of boring but for like the most part I work on pretty interesting projects like wine and toys and and like coolers But I don't, I think they like, they probably place me on the, on the accounts that they, they know that I would be good at. So that might play a factor into it as well. But I kind of don't mind working on the things that I work on for my day job. And I feel like it allows me to sort of take me, take myself away from like, because I can't be working on passion projects all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would just burn me out really fast. But, you know, again, it's all about balance because if I spend every waking moment thinking and breathing work like my day job, that would burn me out too. So I I, th- I think the key really is to just like find the balance because no matter how fun the work is, you can still, you can still burn out. Yeah, I think it's hard because everybody is like is, is so different and uh i don't know how to word what i'm thinking there's not words for it <laughs> i'm really bad at talking for somebody who hosts a podcast like i feel like i say that every single episode but there's so many times where i have this idea in my head that i'm trying to get out and i just like can't find the the right words for it i like, understand everybody everybody's just so different like a lot of people, yeah. I think, put artists into a into a box as like we're like the weirdos, the little little <laughs> art art goblins, uh, nocturnal little art gremlins. I'm definitely but, a gremlin, so that's me not too. entirely not that's not entirely incorrect. I'm definitely yeah. A gremlin. My bio on TikTok used to be synesthesia 
paint smearing goth hippie forest gremlin or something like that i forget exactly what it was that that used to be my tiktok bio and i felt like that was just like the perfect encapsulation of who i am as a person (laughs) yeah i i feel like artists get put in a box in that regard sometimes especially i felt like that in my my last job anyway like you know i the person that i sat next to like whose desk was next to mine i think was in merchandising and um it's just it's a different it's like a different world kind of yeah but everybody even even within like the the group of people that consider themselves to be creatives or artists like everybody also is very different and it's really cool to see like I've because I've interviewed a lot of artists for this podcast and um, this isn't something that I thought that I would really learn about through art wise, but I really did. It's the fact that like everybody views their career and their passion projects and everything completely differently. There's a lot of people who clearly like genuinely love their day job and what they do in corporate and then there's people like me who i don't like to be told what to do um and that's just uh, (laughs) that's literally just the only thing literally i feel like if i didn't have this issue with authority that i probably would be fine working well i don't know i will never i guess we'll never know but you know uh (laughs) i think with a corporate design job it's a little bit easier to detach yourself from the work because like your passion projects your passion projects are what you pour your everything into but when it comes to like your corporate day job you're kind of just like making a product and following what client wants and it's just kind of like the routine like of making of things and it's it's a little bit to me it's just a little bit less exhausting because when i'm pouring my entire being into a project i i think i i exhaust pretty easily even if it's fun i i burn out pretty fast me too yeah i'm the same way i i get burnt out so easily me it's too. like kind of, it's pathetic because everybody th- is like oh my gosh <laughs> you're like 23 <laughs> like why are you telling me like you're sitting here telling me you're burnt out you're 23 yeah i am because i was kind of like forced to be in a position where i had to work like two three jobs i'm burnt out because <laughs> i've been working for the past 10 years <laughs> yeah i know yeah yeah it's it's insane too and then like people make you feel bad for it but like lately i've realized yeah, like, like when you that's... start working when you're in your developmental years i think mm-hmm. that that kind of that kind of like puts a little bit of a damper on your health and your brain i feel like kids shouldn't have to work at 14 I feel like that kind of sets us up for earlier exhaustion I know and the way the school systems are too like I like these kids are worked to death like I feel like I did more when I was in school like I did more work than probably when I had two jobs because at least when I had two jobs I could like work my hours that I was scheduled to work and then I did have time where I like 100% was able to clock out but like as a as a kid in school like all through high school like especially I was one of those like 
AP honors dual enrollment students. And oh my goodness, like I was constantly doing like homework and studying all the time nonstop. I don't know why I did that to myself. There was no reason for me to try that hard. Honestly, it did nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. But that's just kind of how I I am. I feel like most of my burnout happened in college. Um, But that was because like, I went to art school. And I don't know why people think going to art school is really easy, because it's quite literally the opposite. Like the program that I was in at my school um, was like one of the hardest programs that they even offered at the school. And it ha- just happened to be an art program. And I think a lot of my burnout happened while I was there because I was just working constantly day and night trying to get projects done all the time. And I also had a job on top of that. And to be honest, I, I was like burnt out before I even started working. Like I just kind of never recovered. <laughs> yeah. There was this trend on TikTok and I was actually pleasantly surprised. There was this like, I I forget like what the sound sounded like, but it was people being like me so stressed in college right now, like working towards this degree, but then it would like cut and it would be like a little song and they'd be like, in quotes, like my wife's this. And it'd be like, yeah, that sounds so good. Like, I want my husband to be able to say that. It was kind of stupid. But like, (laughs) a lot of those videos were like me super stressed out in my art major. And then like, the next clip would be like, in quotations, like my wife's an artist. And I was like, oh, great. Like the comments are going to be like, but art is so easy. Like art's like a cop out major. And they weren't like that. Everybody was like, art is literally, I dropped out of art to do STEM and STEM was easier. And I was thinking, yeah, that's probably accurate because art is so time consuming. Like it's not even that it's. I have photos of me (laughs) freshman year face down on the studio floor sleeping at four in the morning because I just I was working all night on a charcoal drawing and I just had to take a nap. (laughs) And my friend was like, oh, this is funny. Takes picture of me face down on the floor. I woke up and there was like charcoal all over my face. (laughs) Yeah. Like we literally, we literally sleep. We would sleep in the studio because we would just be there all night working on things and eventually we have to take like a little bit of a siesta so we just literally sleep on the floor just find a place in the in the art building to take a little nap it's wild it's like i don't i don't know any other are there other majors doing that i want to (laughs) know i i mean there probably is but I just, I I feel like all I really want is for people to acknowledge (coughs) that it's like, it's an equal profession to like other very difficult, you know, majors. And we get paid less uh, statistically, but not the least. So like, I, you know, I looked it up and we're not even, we're like in the top, in the top 10, like one being like least paid majors. I think art is maybe 10. So we're in the top 10, but it's not as bad. And I want people to know that because I believe it though. Definitely yeah. Believe that. I believe that we're there, but like the fact that we're number 10 and not like one or two good. That's I'll take it. Whatever. Progress is progress. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, you know, things that were really hard. I do ask everyone this. 
before we wrap up the episode, I want to make sure that you get to answer this question too. Okay. If you could do anything differently um, regarding your career as an artist, your projects, your passion projects, anything that you're doing, if you could like give yourself your younger self advice, like what would you go back in time and tell your younger self to like avoid or do differently? See, I always say that I kind of wish that I didn't go to college because of all the debt, but I, I'm kind of gathering that I think art school was just kind of part of my journey. And I, I can't entirely say that my work hasn't grown exponentially because of going to art school. But what I would say is, you know, <laughs> spend less money. <laughs> but but all, that's, that's not the important one, though. Uh, the the other thing was that when when I was growing up and I took this with me into art school and I really wish I didn't was don't care about what people think about you and your work. I mean, obviously, like your your professors are there to like mentor you and you'll have friends that will help you along the way that that have like their own different set of skill sets and you collab a lot. But at the end of the day, I just, I kept worrying about whether or not if the stuff that I was making was good, if it was going to get a good job, if it was going to make a really good portfolio piece. And while it's great to make sure that you're making good work, it it shouldn't like get to the point where it's the only thing that you're worried about. Like you're, you're kind of like forgetting about yourself like in the process, like you're just losing yourself. And I say this because when I went to design school, I stopped painting and drawing because I was just so like, it took all my mental fortitude just to learn design and really master the principles and the skill sets when that it took to be like a good designer. After I graduated, I started painting again and I forgot that I had like a style. Like I forgot that I had a painting style and I forgot that I really loved impressionism. And it just seemed like all through college, I quite literally lost myself and like my, my identity as an artist. I lost the, I, I forgot about all of the things that I loved in the, like the things that got me into art in the first place and that's why like ever since I got out of art school and started my job I've been like focusing a little bit less on design and just a little bit more on like painting and just creating and you know the synesthesia art does play a huge part in that because the synesthesia art is like an extension of like it's a product of my flow so basically, like, I just kind of had to find my flow again, because I lost it for a while, worrying about making perfect things all the time. So yeah, don't lose yourself, basically, is the general, <laughs> is That's the, really... the general piece of advice that I don't lose yourself in the process. That's good advice. Yeah. So I do also, we're, we're pretty much out of time. <laughs> I like to cap it around an hour. So no, you're good. This is how it's (laughs) supposed to go. I do want to give you a minute to plug your stuff and do your self promo. So 
you know, how can people find you? How can they work with you? How can they see your work? Uh, what are your social medias? All that stuff. The floor is yours. So I made it very, very easy to find my stuff. Everything is the same across all of my platforms. My website, my IG, and my TikTok are all under the name of carlyk.design. That's my URL and my TikTok and my IG handle. And also, um, I have a link tree on all of my social media accounts. Um, and under that link tree, you can find my portfolio website. I also sell merch with Kel at Artfit Clothing Co. He was on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to that podcast episode. He's super cool. But I do sell merch under his business. And also, um, I started this new thing where I do synesthesia art song requests now. Um, so there is a collaborative Spotify playlist under my link tree where you can just go to that playlist and you can add in your song request. Um, and if you can't find it and you just happen to like see one of my videos on IG or TikTok and you want a song request, just comment it under the video and I'll just go ahead and add it in for you. There's already a fair amount of songs on there. Um, it's really cool that I, most of the songs I added in myself to that playlist, but a lot of the reason why those songs are added is because people have been commenting their song requests. And so it's really cool to just see that people are actually interested in seeing their songs. But yeah. All right. So that, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much, Carly, for coming on. I appreciate it as always. Yeah. Well, Thanks. I guess this is the this first time really you've been fun. on the podcast. Yeah. It is a I'm, but I think I think I'll be coming back if you'll have. Hell me. yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but that about wraps up this episode. So thank you again for coming on, and thank you to everybody who made it this far into the episode. As always, um, we have all of our support links in the episode description, both Carly's and the support links for the podcast. If you decide that you want to support the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's about it for this episode. And I will see all of you guys again next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.